Yes, that's right, my friends. You guys know me. I'm Beto Gudiño with Christian Podcast right here from Southern California in Costa Mesa. And before we get going, I just want to say this show is sponsored by Christian Podcast, the media company. Our hope and desire is to produce content that inspires people to pursue faith. That easy. And the best way in which you can support, well, one, is go to our website, christianpodcast.com slash forward slash shop and get to know our merch. We have emoji merch and we have our latest mug, coffee cup, which has a lot to do with today's topic. And I'm going to sip it right now. I'm sipping it because I'm sipping it and I'm sipping it because I'm sipping. You get the idea, right? <laughs> Anyways, that joke, that joke. So today we have Anton Kresik or Kresik. I think I got it wrong. Oh man, I always get it wrong. But he is, he is the founder of Seven Weeks Coffee. And in today's topic, we want to talk about this almost blasphemous or very blasphemous idea that I might have heard, I might have heard at some point out there. And it is this one. Well, let's let's go to our to our emoji reaction first. Emoji tombola. Here we go. Oh boy. Yes, there it is, the blasphemous. And it's this one. Mary was raped by the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus came into this world. Mary was raped by the Holy Spirit. Anton Kresik, welcome to the show. Just to get us kick-started, how do you feel about that blasphemous emoji statement right there? Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. It's funny, being in the pro-life movement, you hear a lot of crazy things. Um, surprised they're not using that one against us now. But uh, yes, very blasphemous. I would... Uh, very much disagree with that statement. All right. Well, welcome to the show, <laughs> Anton. I appreciate it. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it looks like we have a great conversation ahead. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a great conversation. But first, man, I just want to raise my coffee cup and cheers. Do you have anything to drink right there? <laughs> uh, I actually have some water. I drink coffee in the okay. morning. I, I drink my coffee every day, usually once in the morning, maybe one more cup. A little later, but uh, once it gets in the afternoon, I, I can't drink too much caffeine. It'll just keep me up all night. That's right. This is my second cup of, co cup of coffee today. And I mean, yeah, I need that's that's the most I do. But here we're still kind of like early. Well, late morning. It's 11 a.m. So it's still a good that's time it. for coffee. Right. It's not too late. But I oh, want to yeah. start right here. Anton. so on your website, sevenweekscoffee.com, you have this statement that says Billy Graham famously said he believed the next move of God would be believers making a difference in the marketplace. So two years ago, and I don't know when this was written, but it says two years ago at the age of 22, I moved to D.C. to get involved in the political process because I wanted to promote godly values in government. As I began a career in the political arena, two things became obvious. This is so interesting right here about values in Washington. Godly principles are lacking on both sides of the aisle, and many organizations put profits before people. Anton, I mean, 
tell us a little bit about who you are. Like, how did you end up in Washington and about this statement from Billy Graham? Like, what's your, your faith background, your pursuit of God, maybe, or your knowledge of God or yeah. Jesus? And, you know, kind of like a little bit more of who you are from that vantage point. Sure. Yeah, I would love to share. Thank you for sharing that quote. Thank you for the, the intro. Um, for me personally, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, originally grew up in a Christian home. Faith has always been central to my life and uh, the way I view the world and uh, by the way I, um, you know, the lens on which I hope to see um, the world be. Um, I ended up moving to D.C. Um, to uh, get involved in politics. I was um, always passionate about the political process, always passionate mostly about my Christian values, and I thought there might be a way to really live those out and share um, what I believe is what is right, what is true, and what the Bible says is right and true, um, and hopefully better um, Washington, D.C. If you haven't noticed, D.C. does not have a good reputation, so um, I felt like maybe I could do something to help it out, but, um, you know, being one person, you, you can't change the world, but you can do small things every day, so that was um, that's kind of how I ended up here. That, that was written... Um, last year. So I've been here for just over three years now. Um, and yeah, I've worked in politics the last three, three years, um, more in the conservative space, got to see both sides of, of everything. Um, but it's really crazy. You, you think, um, you know, that your side is maybe the correct side or the more the morally, um, just side. But, um, when you, when you get down here and see it, there's, there's, um, there's corruption on, on both sides of the aisle. And what's important is not, just how you vote or what party you stand for, but how you, how you live your life. And that's important. Um, so being, um, you know, someone who reflects um, and wants to promote, you know, positive moral virtue is something that Republicans and Democrats need. So uh, maybe that's kind of how the coffee came to be. And now um, obviously I do seven weeks coffee full time, not in politics anymore. Um, now in uh, the pro-life space. So yeah, that's kind of my background, but still down here in the Northern Virginia area. And it's a great area, but uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Wow. There's, I mean, so many questions just out of that, that little paragraph that you just shared with us. And, but I guess when, when I think of politics, you know, you're saying almost like I moved away from politics into coffee, but as soon as you say pro-life coffee, and we'll talk about a little more about your involvement as a coffee company into the pro-life movement space, which is, I would, I mean, I'm just calling it almost like coffee activist, <laughs> right? Or pro-life coffee activist, some, somewhere along those lines. But yeah. uh, a pro, we call it a pro-life coffee movement. That's our, that's our statement. Love uh, it. We're here to, to bring about change through coffee. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. So how is that not political? <laughs> well, in a sense, it is political, but we believe it's more than just politics. It's it's what's right. It's what's true. It's um, um, it's a message that I think is obviously most most timely right now. Um, but fighting for human rights and especially the lives of the preborn children out there is um, is goes far beyond politics. Um, this is this is a human rights issue. Wow. Okay. So let's unpack that a little bit. Because I love the fact that you're talking human rights. And lately, you know, even if we go back a little bit to our emoji uh, reaction at the beginning with you no know, blasphemous statements that we've heard out there. And some people might even consider those holy thoughts, right? Um, uh, so you're talking about truth. You're talking about what's right. 
You're talking about corruption on both sides of the political spectrum. And you're talking that like there's a moral just side to things. So how would you elaborate a little bit on on I guess what I'm hearing lately it's it's like everybody has the truth. So can how can you say that there's like almost like one universal moral truth if there are many truths out there? You know, if my truth is different than your truth. I mean, I'm sure you've heard uh, along yeah. those lines, right? So how, what do you have to say to to that? Yeah, I mean, everyone had, likes to claim the words my truth, but when when we live in a world where truth is um, objectional to individual opinions, then that's where quickly we fall into moral decay and pretty much chaos. We, as a society, we should strive for singular truth, that something is morally right and something is morally wrong. Um, and it's up for, I guess, the public discourse to figure out what that is. But in terms of a life issue, um, we believe that um, defending life um, and human rights and dignity of, of life is something that is is morally true and we should strive for that and that um there's no there's no option to say that um um life is invaluable at some point or life is uh worthless at some point we've seen the 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 grave mistakes in history um when life became um you know discretionary of what is valuable and in, in in terms of life so um i think that's what the pro-life movement stands we go far beyond politics and in And even um, as a Christian, it, we love to, personally, I believe everyone is created in the image of God. But most importantly, from a humanity standpoint, um, even your secularists will, will agree that human, most human life, they would say, you know, they support defending. So we take that same ar argument, the same reason mur murder is wrong is the same reason abortion is wrong. Um, so not just from a, a Christian standpoint, from, but from a secular standpoint, um, human life is worth defending. Wow. Okay, so right there, human life's worth defending. I would say maybe one of the the best arguments I've heard, and I'm not saying it's good or wrong, I'm just saying the one that makes a little bit more sense in terms of what you just mentioned, which is human rights, is women's rights, right? And it's it's, it's mm -hmm. that's why it's called, you know, my choice my or my body, my choice. That's like their main mantra of the people of the of the pro-choice movement. So mm -hmm. let's go right here because it's so for example, the other day I was posting on Facebook, you know, after Roe v. Wade or Roe was overturned and like we know what happened, right? In the in the Supreme Court. Everybody knows. Um but I posted this on my Facebook page and almost not I mean it has to do with with what's going on, but it was almost just like I was philosophizing if that's a word <laughs> about what pro-choice and pro-life means and i was thinking and this is all i put right i put if if there is a god right because i i like to give a little bit of voice to the skepticals so i say if there is a god he's pro-choice but if there is or if jesus is real he's pro-life and all i was trying to say you know it's almost like god If there is a God, he gave us freedom of choosing, right? But the mm -hmm. more I find out who Jesus is, he even claimed that he was himself the, the way, the truth, and the life. And as I explore more of what that means, I'm like, wow, the Jesus is life. Like he is the embodiment of what our life should be. So what do you have to say in terms of that? You know, when people say um, you know, pro-choice as 
well, women have rights too, and they should be able, and especially in a country where it's all about freedom, right? My freedom, my rights, uh, mm -hmm. I should be able to do what I think. What is like your main, your, yeah, your go-to, I don't know if it's a defensive mechanism or your, your apologetic when it comes to the pro-life, when people start saying, well, you're not considering women's rights. Sure, that's a great question. It's funny, um, two things on that point. The overwhelming majority of people involved in the pro-life movement are women. I am a minority. Every center that we work with in wow. terms of pregnancy care centers, there over 50 partnering centers. I'm, I'm pretty sure every one of them is run by a woman. It is a woman's movement, the pro-life movement. That is the first and foremost. It is run by women. It is, it's led by women. Um, so to be pro-woman is to be pro-life in my opinion, because, um, the pro-life movement has been led by and, um, been, advanced through bold, courageous women. So I am a minority in that sense as a, as a man who is pro-life. And secondly, it's pretty simple. When we talk about um, what is a, what's a woman's right and what isn't, it's pretty simple. Our rights end where others' um, rights begin and those rights can be infringed on. So um, we say you have plenty of choice. You have choices for your decisions um, to decide who are you with, who um, you have relationships with, um, who you interact with. Those are all choices we have, but our rights end the moment we think we can uh, infringe on someone else's rights. Beto, I cannot come to your house over there and say it's my right to, um, to, to, take, to take something that's yours, all those guitars in the background. It's my right to that the guitar because, you know, I'd like to use it and it's um, something I want. Well, I can't say that because that's your guitar, Beto, and I can't just take something that's your that's yours. Um, so we say you have individual dignity, you have individual rights. So my rights stop where yours begin. So the same thing with a child in the womb. Um, as 95% of biologists would agree, it's, a, it's the number one cited study, people who are pro-choice and pro-life, 95% of everyone surveyed of top biologists in the country believe life begins at conception. So if that's where life begins, we say, hey, that life has rights just as much as you do. So to infringe upon their rights is just as wrong as someone infringe upon yours. So please have the right to choose what you would like, but you cannot have rights to infringe upon someone else's. So it's a very basic philosophy, um, and it's a rational philosophy of Western culture that um, rights, our rights end where we begin to infringe upon someone else's. Wow. Okay. So... That kind of leads me to your company, you know, uh, Seven yeah. Weeks, because so you went into it knowingly as a coffee activist, right? Because, I mean, the name, it's already kind of like pointing to the pro-life movement. And so Absolutely. talk to us a little bit about that, you know, Seven Weeks, because I think it's, you, you were saying it's uh, the size of a coffee bean. It's a baby at seven weeks. And what's the I mean, what's what's the, the comparison with those two? Yeah, so um, it really started out of a passion for coffee. I love coffee, and I'll talk your ear off about our quality of coffee and um, um, just my my passion for it. So I love coffee, and uh, I'm passionate about the pro-life issue. So finding a way to combine the two and tell a story, but also, most importantly, have an impact. And um, that's the whole idea behind Seven Weeks, to have a tangible impact in supporting life. And we do that by donating 10% of every sale to pregnancy care centers. But we get our name and mission and theme from at seven weeks, a baby is the size of a coffee bean. At the same time, a heartbeat is um, heard under ultrasound clearly. A mom usually has her first ultrasound between six and eight weeks. 
So it's a seven week mark right in the middle. Um, there's a really cool um, theme and time frame that we're able to say, hey, we support ultrasound services and the ability so, for moms to hear their first heartbeat through our coffee. So it's kind of a, uh, the way we tie in the mission, the theme, and obviously the impact we're having through coffee. Wow. And I'm sure you've heard of stories, you know, if you're specifically you are in that realm of activism, I'm sure you've heard of stories of if I have, you know, even outside of that, that you no, know, I would say almost like political world or activist world. Yeah, I've heard of stories of people considering abortion and then end up not doing and even people that ended up committing the abortion and then you know, regretting it for years um, and carrying a pain that maybe they they shouldn't have and then how do you wrestle with with the fact after you know you have committed the mm -hmm. the abortion uh, and then also how do you still offer grace to people right so can you just elaborate maybe a little bit on the stories that you've heard as you guys are are into this world of activism like what are some of the like maybe your even your favorite stories that have come out of you guys as helping women as sure. they as they're trying to make a decision right i mean <laughs> if it goes back to the pro choice argument they are yeah. in, in a crossroads of some sort yeah it's it's a it's when you dive into to the actual abortion industry you see how dark it is and how there is no choice um a few things that that your audience should know of most abortions are coerced or pressured Most women choose abortion not because they they feel like they're exercising some freedom, but over 50% are chosen because they feel pressured from a partner, pressure from family, embarrassment, or um, just just obviously timidness or scaredness um, from just outside sources. So most abortions are not these elective, freely. Oh, I'm so excited to exercise my my right as a, in the pro-choice movement. Um, it's a dark, scary place. Um, to be in an abortion facility and to be a woman in an abortion facility. You hear stories all the time. What's so important to us is, is, is the heartbeat. That's where our, our logo comes from is supporting ultrasound services. This is an amazing thing. When a mom has the opportunity to hear their child's heartbeat before, for the first time, um, close to 80% of women, once they get there, will choose life for their baby. When they're able to see that heartbeat on the screen between usually six and eight weeks, like I was saying, Uh, 80% women will move towards choosing life for their baby. It's very powerful. So when, you, when you're able to hear these stories, how women didn't know what was really going on, they're, they're uneducated about their pregnancy, they're not really sure what to think, but then they're able, they're able to understand what's happening to them, what's happening with their baby most importantly, and that there's a heartbeat being detected, that there is um, you know, a full code of, of unique DNA on that baby, Um, it's amazing that women um, feel empowered that they have that, that they're that they're a parent, and that's something. You're a mom at, at the moment of conception, and just sharing that. And um, when women hear that message, um, it's really an empowering message for them that they um, that they're they're a mother and that they have an option for life. Um, there's so many stories to get into, but the the, the overall theme you see um, and why we support pregnancy care centers. Um, they meet with, with women who are facing difficult circumstances. There's, there's nothing, um, you know, um, exciting or, 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 or happy that, that um, is, is usually happening at these facilities, except there's women in need. And when these centers are able to come around them and support them financially, materially, and spiritually, you hear such a relief because most women need a hand up. They don't need to be 
um, brought low and told that they're not able. Um, and that's the main theme is that um, most women just need a hand up and to be walked through um, this pregnancy. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing about yeah. uh, some of the dark sides of the industry. And even even as you mentioned, you know, there's a an abortion industry. I mean, just that fact mm -hmm. that there is an industry to it. There's a there's a way to make money behind you know what's going on. I mean, that's that's pretty dark right there. You know, and so is yeah. is this are these care centers a little bit of almost like the the I don't know the light side or the good side of something like Planned Parenthood? Are there many of them? Like, can you just tell us a little bit of like what's the typical uh, process that a woman undergoes once she's let's say she's pregnant, she doesn't know what to do. Like, where does she go? Like, how does she have access yeah. to those centers versus you know a Planned Parenthood center? Beta, that's a great question because it's so important to distinguish the two. Pregnancy care centers and the almost 3,000 of them nationwide offer 100% free services. They've never charged a dime for one of their patients or clients to walk through the door over the last you know, 50 years. They provide free medical, free ultrasounds, free counseling, um, baby clothes, um, diapers. They walk through the moms and the dads through the whole process to empower them. Planned Parenthood charges for every one of their um, abortions. They have a business invested financially into getting women to convince them to abort. Why are Planned Parenthoods closing down across the country when they say the only only 3% of, of, of Planned Parenthoods are abortion? Well, clearly it's not 3% because they're closing down in all these states that are banning abortion. They provide abortions and they charge for it. It is a financial interest for them to convince the woman who's walking through that door to, to kill their child. That's the dark side of it. And the light side is, is the pregnancy resource centers and pregnancy care centers who are meeting with these women and saying, these are your options. This is what abortion looks like. This is the possible side effects or, or uh, the issues that can arise with that. But here are the options if you choose life. And by the way, we're here for you through that. And it's completely free. So, Talk about a night and day difference. For every one Planned Parenthood, there's three to four pregnancy care centers in their area. Um, they're amazing people, and they're run by amazing women, and that's an amazing thing to share. It's it's a it's a woman first first movement. Hmm. Why are there so many people up in arms right now? You know, after you know the whole overturning yeah. row, like why is it mainly women? And and what's all this rage? You know, I even saw this this musician. I think Billy something. Uh, that said, I'm renouncing my American citizenship. I'm moving to Europe or whatever. Uh, the guy from, what was the band? I forgot. The guy yeah, that wrote American that? Idiot. Yeah. American Idiot. So anyways, <laughs> uh, why so are people up in rage? That. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's funny. If you go to any European country, they have more restrictive uh, laws on abortion and people find them to be the more progressive nations, quote unquote. But in America, we're for the past 50 years, we've had the most um, unregulated industry. A nail salon is more regulated than a Planned Parenthood. Um, more European nations have uh, uh, more restrictions on abortions than we have. Um, so clearly we are not. If we, if we just went to the European standards, we would have a drastic reduction in abortion access, especially late-term abortion that's allowed in this country still in some states. Um, the rage and the anger, um, it's sad to see you actually, it, to me, it, you see a deeper issue there. That there's a heart issue that, um, 
you know, a, a, the abortion activists, when Roe v. Wade first came out in the 70s, they always argued safe, legal, and rare, that abortion is never good, but it should be safe, it should be rare, and just make it legal so that can happen. But now you're seeing a movement that uh, has words like shout your abortion or, or praise your abortion, where they are proud of abortion. It's completely different, and it's far more radical than it was 50 years ago, where abortion is celebrated and even... Um, um, celebrated to the point of birth um, that that abortion should be allowed, they say. Uh, It's truly radical, it's deranged, and it's scary. Um, Why they are part up with that is is tough to know on an individual level, but um, they don't have a good argument, um, and they're getting more radical by the day, and it's scary. Wow. So talk about that scariness, because I've seen you in some of the pictures on your website that you're even holding... You know, there's a sign that says, I am the post-Roe generation and then pro-life coffee movement. And you're like right right outside of somewhere in Washington. Um, so there's some sort of monument there. So what do you feel as you are out there? You know, you live in, in the D.C. area. So what do you feel when you're out there with a, a very conservative view? And now you're saying that it's, it's getting a little scary. Like, do you feel... Do you feel like it can escalate to violence? Do you ever feel threatened by by anything like that? Well, we've had some threats as uh, people have messaged on the website and tried to have intimidate us and, um, you know, um, threaten uh, just obscenities and just crazy talk towards us as a company. But it's, it's we're leaving that unfazed and moving forward in our mission. It's funny. Um, supporting pregnancy care centers, you would think, would be a pro-choice um, um opinion because if you're pro-choice wouldn't you support the the centers that are providing free resources for the mom who wants to choose life you think that would be something they would support but they obviously come after us um as as we're you know some terrible company when we donate thousands of dollars to um life affirming centers but also for moms to choose life which is their choice too um the climate and the culture is getting more dark but um the light and People are staying strong in this movement, and it's great to see um, other pro-life people come together and stand for what is right um, and stand in unity. Um, We can't control the actions of others, but we can stand for truth. And it's a pretty simple argument um, that a human being starts a conception from biology and that uh, that human being has a right to life no matter how small. So that is the truth right there. That's the truth. That's the definitive truth. There's there's no other argument. Um, there's no other um, um, truth that that so-called uh, would trump that um, life is worth defending and in the womb, too, is, is worth defending just as much as outside the room. Just like I said earlier, if murder is wrong, murder is wrong in the womb. Wow. So why do you think we are in a society where truth is questioned so much? Truth is questioned so much because there has been, uh, in my view, a um, a loss of the absolute truth that a lot of us um, in the Christian faith get from faith in God um, and from you know the Bible or or even if you're uh, not a Christian but are, are a faithful or religious person, uh, it's good to have a moral compass. And when you have no moral compass or guiding light that you can get from a faith or your community or other fellow believers, um, you see these, these, this downward spiral of society, like I said, where 
Now um, the abortion um, advocates and people who are fighting for believe that abortion should be up until birth, uh, you know, to the point of infanticide. This wasn't their position 50 years ago. So clearly there's a lack of like moral sanity and, and clarity um, in society. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, you're saying it's getting radicalized even yeah. oh, to yeah. the point that, you know, a baby that's that's almost born can still be aborted. Is that what you just yeah. said? That's what and it's crazy. You look at the laws that are being proposed in California and New York, two of the largest you know states in the country. This is their policy that abortion can be um, led into birth. That would take two days to kill the baby. A baby is fully grown, can live outside the womb. Then it takes two days involving a lethal injection. Um, then hopefully um, that they advocate for delivering a stillborn. It's it's disgusting. It's even hard to talk talk about. But this is what this is what we are uh, are up against. This is the alternative. Like this is their solution to the um, you know unplanned pregnancies. And we just say no. That's completely wrong. That's immoral. Um, and I think that's why the pro life argument is winning. It's rational. It's based in reality and simple. Uh, ideology that um, human nature and human rights um, begin at conception. Wow. Okay. So that, at least in my mind, that makes sense. Yeah. It's hard I to believe. So. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to believe that it doesn't make sense for a lot of people. But I guess I guess that's the confusion of not not understanding like simple truths, right? Like simple yeah. biological yeah. truths like that, and and it's even. Yeah, I mean, dark or scary to think where it can lead as a society. Yeah. And I think, so what would be as people, uh, so let's say, let's say people are thinking about abortion, right? But, okay, I guess the question is, sorry, let me get my mind clear a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You've so, a lot of thoughts. A lot yeah, of I just my brain's going in all directions, <laughs> man. So, as I think of the future of those babies or the possibility of yeah. a future for those babies, why would people not want to offer a baby just the the capability of being? So, for example, I can think a baby can become a full grown human and then he can make his own choices and mm -hmm. let's say he can he can be a bad guy right <laughs> in the future yeah, or he can be a good guy right beto that's a, that's a great point you know what it's funny um every baby will become a full grown human being there's 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 no stopping that these these are these are human beings they're preborn babies they are growing into full fully functional adults like you and me, this is what will happen. You know, it's not, it's not a choice that they make, which is a, another great argument for the pro-life movement that like, these are human beings. And I would say this, you could become, become president. Barack Obama, someone I disagree with, he was more likely to be aborted in his situation because of his family situation with being raised by a single mom. He became president. Um, there is amazing potential for every human being in life. So how many babies that have died due to abortion that would be the next president, the next LeBron James? LeBron James is from Cleveland, Ohio. He was raised by a single mom. Um, statistically, people in that, in that demographic or more, or have a higher um, aptitude to be aborted. And it's so sad because you see all these amazing stories where people overcome 
um, difficult life, life circumstances. Um, and every human being has and will be a grown adult with amazing potential. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So that's what I was trying to get at, that, yeah. that anybody that's even considering abortion was a little baby once. Right. And yeah, you and me. And now you and now you are almost like deciding on the opportunity of this other kid or baby mm -hmm. when for whatever circumstance you are alive. Right. You're getting you're having this this decision to make. But nonetheless, you're a full grown human who's even thinking about considering the options about what's in your womb as a woman. Right. That yeah. I mean, that that is. A massive idea right there to think that we, and if I think maybe biblically or theologically, um, I think of just how as humans, the nature of the complexity of having a baby inside of you, right? Why did God make it like that? Why he, why didn't he make us lay eggs and then you care for the egg and, you know, the baby's born or, oh, you know, the, the egg broke <laughs> or something like that. I mean, there's so much care about having a baby, right? There's there's yeah. all the intricacies of of you need to take care of it for nine full months, you know, generally speaking, most cases, nine full months of this baby inside of you and you're already developing a relationship with this yeah. with this being inside of you, right? So I mean there's there's a human connection that's so deep from the womb and even when I think of I was reading um, some passages in scripture and you know the fact that for example Jesus was in the womb in Mary's womb and then uh, John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's womb and when the two women see each other it says that their babies were you know, dancing in their belly because they met each other right something like that mm -hmm. so it, it all like even biblically I think like wow there's always been a uh, something so important, you know, the Bible says in, in some of the Psalms that, you know, before you were, you were alive, right? Like God created you, like he thought of you when you were in your mother's womb. So there's always like this, yeah. this beautiful imagery of even as we are carried in the womb of a mother, you know, God has already prepared almost like care for us and prepared a life for us. And to think that that yeah. life that life's future might be in the hands of your own mother, right? Your future, it's in the hands of your own mother. And to say, I don't want you. So let's let's end on this. So um, as I think of that really dark side of the, the abortion conversation, what is your vantage point when it comes to women that have already... Know, committed abortion and maybe even multiple times how do you still uh, come alongside and offer grace like what what do you even say to somebody that has you know, committed abortions yeah that's a great great question and um the pro-life movement is is so abundantly pro-life we care about women who are facing unplanned pregnancies to walking them through um motherhood to women who have who have committed abortions and coming alongside and supporting them because it is traumatic. Um, it is it is a it's a dark moment in the lives of women and there's so many organizations that are ministering to to meet with and to help counsel through. Um, I'm a Christian. I believe God can forgive everything and make us 
make us clean in our hearts and our minds. And so this would be something we have to go to God with and ask for forgiveness. And this is where the church plays a huge role. Like you were saying, and the Bible is so clear on how God formed us so intricately woven uh, in our mother's womb. That's Psalm 139. And it's um, so important for the church to not, um, to not miss an opportunity to obviously serve and protect life, but to help women who've, who've made these decisions that they now regret and to come alongside, say, we are here for you. We're here to love you. And we are here to help you um, just um, heal and to receive forgiveness from God because he can restore everything. And um, yeah, I've, I've definitely talked to women who have who've had abortions before. And um, I remember one woman, she now runs a, a ministry to help, help um, reach out to women who have walked through that too, because um, she walked through that and now is ministering to lots of other women in need. So it's amazing to see the pro-life movement. We are here to help women throughout the whole process. And even people who have, who have um, had an abortion in the past, um, we're open arms to, to help and to heal. Um, something that pro-choice movement is not doing for sure. Wow. Okay, and lastly, I would say, I mean, just this is just my vantage point, and sure. maybe one argument I've heard recently that's very interesting, that the pro-life movement and the pro-choice movement are not in agreement with their words, because if one is pro-life, the other one should be pro-death, or if one is pro-choice, the other one should be you know, no choice or something like that, right? But even the yeah. words we choose to to use... In our activism, I think they have, they they almost have a say in what we're trying to do, right? And why not? Anyways, that's that's secondary. But um, Anton, so tell me. Lastly, my last question before we go into our emoji recap would be: What is your hope as a company owner? Like, what is your vision? What what's coming next for you as a company in the future? What do you want to see happen through Seven Weeks Coffee? Uh, yeah, I appreciate you asking that. It's um. We are just getting started. We're eight months old as a company. We're growing real fast. Um, it's from the beginning. Our mission is to promote godly values, provide excellent coffee, and protect every beating heart, which is the theme to support ultrasound services. So we've partnered with over 50, 50 centers and be able to support them financially. We're nearing $10,000 donated total. All this is happening because people are drinking coffee. We don't ask for donations. We say something so simple as if you already drink coffee, Will you let your coffee serve a greater purpose by choosing us as your supplier? Just ordering coffee through us, and you'll make a huge difference in supporting life. And that is proven by almost $10,000 being donated to centers across the nation. So right now, obviously, as Roe v. Wade's overturned, pregnancy care centers will be overrun with a need, um, with an influx of patients and clients and more um, women who are coming to them to help with their unplanned pregnancy. So it's important that we support them. So for us, we have a lot more centers to support. You can support them. Um, obviously, get to know your local center, I would say. And if you're interested, consider buying a bag of our coffee, and you'll be able to support life across the nation. That's what we've been doing since we got started. So what we're going to keep doing is what we did from the beginning. Keep selling great coffee. Um, keep sharing the message of life and um, continue to have a big impact, hopefully, in supporting centers. All right, so let's summarize the episode with our emojis. Anton, from your vantage point, what is the most blasphemous idea you can think of in the debate between pro-life and pro-choice? 
Um, the most blasphemous idea, um, I would say that um, human life is optional or some, or some form of it. And that's the pro-choice argument that human life is, is an option or it's, um, and it's not worthy. Um, totally blasphemous. Life is worthy from the moment of conception um, all, the way, all the way through our, our adulthood. Um, and life is completely an invaluable um, thing and it's worth defending. So that's probably the most blasphemous thing I would say. <laughs> all right. Skeptical. What are you skeptical of or where do you see skepticism played out? I am skeptical um, about states, especially um, pro-life, quote-unquote, states, Republican states, um, not um, being very active in passing strong pro-life legislation. I'm skeptical, but I'm also um, hoping that they will step up and live up to their commitment. All right. So, inspired. What inspires you? Where do you see inspiration? I'm inspired by all the centers we get to work with. They are the most amazing people in the world that work in volunteer pregnancy resource centers. Um, the women who lead them, um, like I said, they're mostly women-led. The people who work there, I'm inspired by them. They are the hands and feet of the pro-life movement. Get to know your local pregnancy center and support them. They are inspiring people. Holy. <laughs> Holy, that's an interesting one. Um, Um, God is holy and God is good, so it's important to always, um, at least in our own hearts, um, live a life that is honoring to God and holy. And, and maybe uh, personally in your own life, or at least for me in, this, in our company of seven weeks, um, we want to honor God with everything. So that's probably the takeaway there. Love it. And lastly, divine. What is the most divine idea you can think of? The most divine idea, um, keeping within theme, I would say divine, seeing life fully protected in the Constitution. Um, what happened last week on Friday was a great win for life, but it's not stopping there. Um, life deserves to be protected um, fully in the Constitution, and we're going to keep fighting till that happens. There you have it, my friends. That was an amazing talk with Anton Kresik of Seven Weeks Coffee in D.C. Anton, where do you want to point people to to support your mission and your coffee? I appreciate that. So happy to be here. Sevenweekscoffee.com is uh, how you can find us. Um, just type into Google, come right up, um, check out our coffee. What's really cool is that we serve great coffee Um People definitely buy it because they believe in the cause, but people come back and buy it again because it's just superior product. So if you, if you want really good coffee and want to support a great cause, come check us out. We'd love to have you a part of our movement. Love it. All right. There you go, my friends. Again, my name is Beto Gudiño. Thank you so much for listening or watching. And I ask you, finally to like and subscribe this episode to share it with a friend to give us a positive review whatever you might be listening whether that it's spotify itunes roku tv or whatever it is so finally go to christianpodcast.com where you can go into our in-depth of our episodes and 
support us by getting our amazing emoji merch. I'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much, Anton. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me.